Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week we are discussing Michigan's 43-22 win against Purdue University at Lucas Oil Stadium um, for Michigan's second consecutive Big Ten championship win. Um got a, a lot to talk about here mostly a lot of like rejoicing and reflecting and reminiscing i don't know like why when you said purdue university i was like it's definitely university of purdue and i was like oh that sounds worse <laughs> no it's not university of purdue i was <laughs> but like imagine <laughs> i hesitated because i was gonna say like the purdue university boilermakers and then i was like it's that's like, like close a enough. little bit much <laughs> oh well now that we've established <laughs> yeah uh, who the opponent was. Arlie, did you have a around the hand and Harl that you wanted to share? I sure do, Hanny. Okay. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Do I have to wait or should I just like hop right in? No, you have to wait. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> because uh, for a little bit of juxtaposition, I think here is where I'm going to insert a little montage that I put together. It's just three audio clips. I like didn't have enough time to find more. But Harley so cool and time. I have been through it. We have been through so much here with you on Views from Stadium Boulevard in terms of Michigan football. And we're over dramatic though. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, no, actually, okay, so I put together a montage of like a few times when we were just like really, really upset about about how bad Michigan football is, just so we can appreciate how far we've come. However, mm-hmm. I will say I was picturing a montage of, like, 20 clips, and I could only find, like, three because we're the absolute worst, and when Michigan played really badly, we would just, like, not record an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, after Michigan lost to Ohio State, like, every year, we, like, wouldn't make an episode about it. We would just be like, okay, so now we're a basketball podcast and, like, would not even We always were a basketball podcast. (laughs) So we don't have like that much content to work with. And also some from 2020, our audio is absolutely awful. But uh, I'm going to insert here just like a few clips so you can hear what we've been through so you can rejoice with us and know we've come so far. Okay. And we've okay. got so far to go. Yeah. Nah, we've like kind of far yeah. to go, but not as far as how far we've come. That is so true. And so my summary is that there's nothing to do about Michigan football anymore except for laugh and then have some avocado toast and maybe get like a facial. That's my only reaction. I really don't know what else to do. It's really just, I'm kind of giving up. I think like at this point, you don't have to be stressed anymore because you have no expectations anymore. Like I don't, I don't assume to win anything anymore. And I think that took a lot of the edge off for me. So now I can just focus on other things and laugh while I watch a football game for four hours on Saturday. And um, you know, I think we look really good at the bottom of the Big Ten East, right next to Rutgers. So, I mean, Harbaugh is now on the hot seat. Like this has been a narrative his entire tenure here. He is now officially on the hot seat, and I think Michigan fans will be mad if he is not, if he doesn't leave soon. Looking at his stage of Harbaugh today, and honestly, it was kind of weird, but I could just see him like flipping pancakes and like making people pancakes at like a diner, and I was like, no way he would fit in the best at like eight decades. <laughs> 
okay. I cannot well, wait to like, hear that back because I'm sure we were super dramatic. And then obviously, I don't think anything like you just said, like any of the audio will like actively reflect like how like dramatic we are because like you just said, when Michigan was bad, we just don't record. <laughs> so that's how you know that something bad happened is we didn't appear. Especially because usually the worst loss of the season was obviously the last game of the season. So we, like, didn't have to record. There was, like, one, like, mid-season loss to Wisconsin that was, like, a gold mine because we were so angry the whole time. <laughs> but other than that, like, we never really, like, discussed Michigan's losses. And then, like, in 2020, we just fully stopped doing the podcast. <laughs> I think that was warranted. Our days was. were limited and our- we were just like, we're not doing this. But it it's is wild. fun. To look when your team back. is that bad. No, yeah. And also, okay, 2020, they were, like, legitimately that bad. 20, yeah. like, 17, 18, 19. I can't remember how long we've had the podcast, but, like, we've discussed all of those seasons on the podcast. It was, like, so close that it was painful. It was, like, we're mm-hmm. always just mm-hmm. one game or even one play away from achieving all of our goals. But obviously, mm-hmm. the way that Michigan's season is set up, you have to beat Ohio State, who is typically one of the best, like, three or four teams in the country in order to mm-hmm. like make it to your conference championship game and have any shot at the college football playoffs. So like everything was always within our grasp. And then it was like, like when you take the claw machine and you have the claw and like the like teddy bear like slips out of it, mm-hmm. like every single year. So it was so frustrating and like it legitimately took an emotional toll out of us. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we need this episode to just reflect and like, we have everything we've ever dreamed of. We really, like, hoped and dreamed for, like, this moment. So many times in college. Yeah. And, you know, now that we're, like, not there, of course, they're, like, doing exceptionally well. But, hey, you know, we've got we got to see the first one, you know, the first Big Ten championship. You got to see Michigan beat Ohio State. For the first time in, like, a decade. And I think that was what all of our hopes and dreams were. Yeah. Honestly. Um, Okay. Sorry. Now that we've, like, had that little roundabout route, (laughs) would you like to give your around the hall? Yeah. And one more, like, tangent. Do you remember that episode we had when we, like, recorded it in two parts for basketball and we were, like, super happy and then we lost and then you could tell the difference in tone that we had? Oh, because yeah. we sounded so somber and sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, honestly, I feel like being off campus is such a different vibe because I was listening back to some of our old episodes and we were still like in the thick of it. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. right now, I feel like it's kind of sad because, like, even though all of our hopes and dreams are coming true, it feels more distant. Whereas in college, it was like right there. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no it escaping was. it. For real. All right. Do you want to go around the hall? Of course. Go May ahead. I start? Okay. Michigan returned to Indy for the second year in a row to defend their Big Ten title. This time, they got to take on Purdue for the first time since 2017. With the loss of Blake Corum on our minds before, beforehand, we continued to ponder how our offense would be, but we knew our answer after the Ohio State game. Perhaps tale as old as the season, Michigan let Purdue hang around in the first half, so Michigan was only up 14-13 at halftime. 
Then they donned their second half persona and ran with it. They outscored the Boilermakers 29-9 in the second half. Purdue only scored field goals because Jeff forgot how to math, but good for us. Will Johnson <laughs> was a shining five-star in the second half, coming away with two picks, and Donovan Edwards continues to shine as well with one hand. Um, he still has thrown more touchdowns in the Big Ten Championship game than C.J. Stroud. Uh, J.J. threw a pick, but Sharon Moore gave him a kiss on the helmet to make it better. So we won 43-22 to to get 13 <laughs> wins for the first time in program history. Woohoo! <laughs> um, that was, like, like a really good amount of seconds. Like, 50-something. Whoa, okay. I'm kind of proud of myself. Okay. Um, I'm very proud of you, too, Harley. You got a little kiss on the helmet. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, I don't have around the hand, but I'm gonna improvise. You don't have around the hand. No, because I was like, oh, I'll just rejoice. And then we rejoiced before we started doing around the hand. <laughs> but, like, I have some notes on things I wanted to say, so. Okay. So whenever you're ready to, like, rejoice. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I Well, I'm just going to go into my notes and, like, say the things that I was like, oh, I'll say these things while I'm rejoicing. Okay, excellent. Okay, so... Obviously, without Blake Corum, Michigan has lost a big part of their offensive production. Obviously. <laughs> um, but however, this opened up pass game is really impressive, and I think it's showing that J.J. McCarthy is clearly the best quarterback that Michigan has had since Den- Denard Robinson, and possibly mm-hmm. after we get through the college football playoffs, depending on how that goes, J.J. McCarthy could make a case for being Michigan's best quarterback since, I don't know, a long time. Um, mm-hmm. his mobility and his arm, especially like now that the pass game is more opened up and like the football is finding itself in the hands of receivers is really, really impressive. Um, he's kind of like finally showing everything that he was advertised as having before. And I don't know if we necessarily doubted it, but like when we had Blake Corum to rely on, there was no need to open up the pass game like that. And now that he's like been allowed to just shine and sparkle and glimmer (laughs) he's really been doing that um also like speaking of um people with the initial jm jake moody is just 10 points short of tying michigan's career scoring record so if he scores 10 points in the college football playoffs he will have done so and i'm sure he will because like i mean i hope he doesn't have to score Mm -hmm. field goals but like that tends to be a big part of the number of points we get also like good job jake moody but also i thought he already did that like i thought that was his whole thing that he had michigan's scoring record but i guess not um jim harbaugh loves michigan's running backs mike stain still staying donovan edwards is like going by the dawn now and he's really good and only has one hand will johnson is the future of michigan football yeah. Michigan was shaky in the first half, but we never had a doubt because that's like what they do in the first half, and then in the second half they dominate. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of explosive plays. Yeah, that's all. That was like a two-minute ramble, but honestly, <laughs> it was like well worth it. Thank you. Also, Jake Moody has like the record made field goals or something. Uh, I think, I he think has like so many has. records. He has like a bunch of them. <laughs> he also is looking more and more like Luigi every day. And how like Brad Robbins look like Eggman from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. 
Let me look that up because I know you've been saying that for a while and I don't know who that is. Eggman. Oh, there's a restaurant called Eggmania near me. Oh, wow. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> sure, that <laughs> looks like Brad Robbins. <laughs> we should post that on our Instagram. Be like, guess who? <laughs> yeah, we should. Oh, we're bringing back the views Instagram. Yeah, and our Twitter. It's going to yeah. be funnier than ever before. So gear up for, obviously, the college football playoff. We're going to be funny on all platforms. That's, like, so true. I need to think of a better response for everything you say. <laughs> um, do you have any glows or grows? I do indeed. Um, I think I'll start with grows because I think they're just kind of, like, nitpicky and not really a thing. But... Obviously, I think I'm just annoyed with having slow first halves. Yeah. Because I don't really want to ever, like, be in a deficit where it's, like, difficult to overcome. I mean, obviously, we were put against, like, the test of Illinois where we were in, like, a deficit. And we had to, like, kind of, like, scrape our way back. We were able to do so. But I I don't trust that. Ever. Um, So I kind of... I don't know. Again, it feels just Nick picky to say. I'm like, can't we just, like, consistently, like, get rolling? Like, I'm pretty sure, what is it? We've scored on the opening drive, like, 11 of 13 times or whatever it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just spouting numbers. Um, that sounds right. Why but, not? And then we just go into, like, a lull, and then we have to wait for the second half, and I just wish it was, like, a little bit more exciting and flashy because, you know, we're, we're in the big leagues now, and I don't really want to, like, have to dig myself out of a deficit against some of the best teams in the country um and then this one was also kind of nitpicky towards our defense which was more so just kind of having that for like consistency or maybe like ad- adequate coverage um against high throwing quarterbacks mm-hmm. because you, you know against a purdue purdue has aiden o'connell and he's pretty much like the entire offense and, you know, we'd be in, like, a third-down situation, and then he would, like, throw it for, like, 15 yards. And I'm like, why? Hello? <laughs> Aiden um, O'Connell also had, like, a game against Michigan. He really did. It was incredible, like, watching him throw so accurately. To I his friend like, Charlie. I can't, I can't be mad because these are really beautiful patches. Passes? Patches. Passes. <laughs> but... Again, just nitpicky stuff. Um, obviously, I think I don't think any of the teams that we could face in the CFP have an identity that surrounds around the running game. So we're going to be going up against quarterbacks, which all they do is throw. And I kind of want our defense to be more on lock with that, whether that's man-to-man or zone or whatever they run. I don't personally like know that aspect. Can I like build? Um, so I also had my grow as like specifically Michigan secondary because, but then I had to leave Will Johnson out of that because he's our like shining star, but. Okay. So we're going to have the same idea. Yeah. Charlie Jones, who's like apparently Aiden O'Connell's best friend, like they're like actually best friends, um, had, yeah, I know it's, it's really heartwarming. (laughs) He had 13 receives for 162 yards. Which is just a, a bit too a bit too much for me. Um, mm. However, first of all, Jeff 
Jeff th- drew up some interesting plays there and gotta respect the man. The fake flea flicker. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, um, you fooled me. <laughs> confused. Honestly, I get fooled on like every single play. The other day when Carrie and I were watching the USC game, I was like, mm-hmm. honestly, the point of faking a handoff isn't so much to fake the players as it is to fake the fans watching. And Carrie's like, that's just not true. And I'm like, then why do I get fooled way more often than the players get fooled? I'm looking like, where'd the football go? Um, where was I going with this? All you're saying is that you should never be a cameraman for a football game. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> I have to rewatch things so many times to be able to have, like, a coherent thought for the podcast too because my first watch I'm just like huh where's where's the ball um but what I was gonna say is Michigan has a very much like a bend don't break defense and you see that because it gets frustrating because they do give up yards like over and over and over but I have mm-hmm. a stat here about their red zone defense specifically Ooh. I'm sure that sounds super interesting and fun um, yeah, I can't find the stat. However, (laughs) their red zone defense is really, really good. So, that's the thing, is, like, the teams that are playing Michigan can, like, consistently move the ball up the field, but Michigan does not allow touchdowns in the red zone, like, almost ever. So, Mm -hmm. it's kind of that, like, exactly what you're saying, where it kind of makes you sit at the edge of your seat because you're like, why is this team getting so close to the end zone? But then, like, mm-hmm. they get there and they can't score. So it's holding up fine for us, but it is, like, not the most relaxing to watch. Again, it's just my picky. I want them off the field as soon as possible, like, whenever our, our opponent's offense is there, which is obvious. Um, it's because we're used to Michigan having, like, 90% time of possession because Blake Corum is going, like, three yards at a time. Mm-hmm. Also, if they're just, like, moving, like, well, I just kind of want, like, the momentum to stop. So, like, yeah. I feel, like, super confident. I feel But, you that. know, whatever whatever that red zone stat is, I'm sure it's, like, f- cool, fun, and fabulous and being a momentum stopper. So, yeah, I unfortunately, that. like, <laughs> I'm looking at my, oh, here it is. The note oh, in my notes app was titled Cheez-Its or Takis. And then under that it says, okay. Michigan defense has only allowed two t- touchdowns in the last ten red zone. Okay, so does that make Michigan's defense a Cheez-It or a Takis? <laughs> I think that was like an, I like, my student told me to buy Cheez-Its or Takis, and so I like pretended that like, I was like, oh yeah, I'll make a note of that and put it in my notes app. And then that note became notes I took on Michigan's red zone defense. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, none of these notes, my other notes app is like, last week I wrote a uh, acrostic poem about Jim Harbaugh and we like forgot to share them mm-hmm. on the podcast, so I'll just share that now. Jolly interesting man. Yep, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay, did you have a uh, glow you wanted to share or another grow? I shared my grows. So for glows, um, Donovan Edwards and... Just the youngsters in general. Mm, that's so true because the like future everyone is that bright. was shining the most for me was either the sophomores or the freshmen. So yeah, obviously we had like Donovan, we had JJ, we had Colson Loveland, we had Will Johnson. Like 
everyone that seemed to like come up with like really big plays or like were standing above the rest were pretty much the everyone that is the future of our team which is really promising to see and I, I don't know I quite enjoyed it and I, I think that's just also a really good sign as to how we're going to be in the future and how the occasion of us, you know, beating Ohio State back to back, winning the Big Ten championship back to back, like we're 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 back, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, and it is like super exciting that so many of our contributors with so much potential are young players. Obviously, mm-hmm. there like like always there are a few older players who are like really fundamental to this team, but mm-hmm. there are so many young players who are really exciting, who are already contributing a lot. And yeah, I think Colson Loveland and Will Johnson are two that I'm recently most excited about. Um, but obviously like JJ McCarthy and Donovan Edwards from day one, we've been excited about them. We've been mm-hmm. excited about mm-hmm. them since that play in Indy last year. I mean, and probably prior to that, but um, also the defensive side, I believe it's Bur- Brayden McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very impressive. And I'm also excited. I don't know what year he is. Let me go look it up. Oh, well, he's a junior, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just, like, more so of, like, his present. Or maybe I'm... Who am I thinking of? I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh, I feel like it's Brandon. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm going to just like piggyback on your glow. That was a pretty good glow. Oh, thank you. Okay. Two truths and a lie. Are you ready? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me pull them up. Okay. One. Wait, sorry, I don't need to say the numbers. <laughs> Michigan okay. and Purdue scored the same number of times. Michigan had one punt return yard and Purdue had zero. Purdue was the first Big Ten West team to score in the second half since Wisconsin played OSU in 2019. Oh, my. <laughs> Wait, what my was data, the last one? My data guy. <laughs> up with the... Purdue <laughs> was the first Big Ten West team to score in the second mm-hmm. half. Of a Big Ten championship game since Wisconsin played OSU in 2019. I believe that. Um, And the second one was... No. Um, Purdue had one punt return yard and... or Sorry, Michigan had one punt return yard and Purdue had zero. I don't... Believe that. Really? I'm going to say that one's a lie. Nope. Uh, the last <laughs> one was a lie. The last time a Big Ten West say, team scored in the second half of a Big Iowa. Ten championship game was Northwestern in 2018. Oh, oh. So it was just like another year prior. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. It's a really fun stat. Thank you. Pass that along to like your stat man. Okay, I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, do you have any truths or lies? Um, I do. Michigan and TCU will play for the first time ever on New Year's Eve. Michigan had no field goals in this year's Big Ten Championship game. 
and Michigan has won their last four games against Purdue. Oof. Okay. No idea about TCU. Um, I know Michigan didn't score any field goals because I just know they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> last four games against Purdue. Was I even alive for their last four games against Purdue? Actually, I'm going to say no, because I'm going to guess they played Purdue at some point in the 2007 to 2014 time frame. So I'm going to say that one's the lie. That one is the lie. We've won our last five. Oh. (laughs) It's a lie, but I had it backwards. Okay. I think the last time they beat us was in 2009. But I'll double check. How many times has, so Michigan has played Purdue five times in the last 10 years? Yeah. So Purdue used to be on Michigan's schedule every year then. Like, because they haven't played Purdue. They're on our schedule this year. We haven't played them since 2017. So that means, like, they had to be playing. Never mind. I'm just doing basic math. Okay. Nice. They're playing, like, elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Superlatives. We've never played TCU before. That's, like, kind of fun, but, like, not really surprising. Like, when would Michigan have played TCU? I don't know, but I feel like just because we've been around for so long that we've probably come across, like, so many different teams. It seems kind of rare these days that, you know, we haven't played somebody. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Cool, fun, and exciting. Um, Superlatives? Yeah. I was like, are we going to give out some of our awards? Yeah, do the first one. Okay. So when we were on our, like, phone call with each other watching the Big Ten Championship game, of course the opening drive resulted in a touchdown to our tight end freshman, Colston Loveland, and I'm pretty sure we agreed at that moment that he would be the diaper dandy of the week. So, obviously he won that. But then Will Johnson in the second half was really dandy as a freshman (laughs) diaper, so we are going to both award Diaper Dandy of the Week to Colston Loveland and Will Johnson. Good job. Um, and can keep up the good work. Must note that Will Johnson had two interceptions in the second half. So yeah. it wasn't just like any old game for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have like all the stats, but he he's probably in line of what you were saying of how in the red zone don't really allow a whole lot of touchdowns. He has like allowed very few touchdowns yeah. this year I don't that, know that's why when that's I my band. I said the DBs were my grow I said minus William mm-hmm. um also Colston Loveland had one receive for 25 yards and one touchdown which came from said receive yes <laughs> it was kind of a fun way to like start the game I think you oh, can yeah. look at some results as well also Colston Loveland like I just, like, he has so much potential, and mm-hmm. I think we'll probably get into this a little bit, but with Eric All transferring, yes, that sucks. Like, Eric All is a fantastic tight end. However, Colston Loveland is the future. I believe that. And J.J. McCarthy really loves his tight end. Yes, that's true. J.J. McCarthy loves his tight ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Vibe to the Vibes Award this week is going to Donovan Edwards, who once again carried the game on his back when he had just one hand to use. Um, Mm -hmm. I have some things to 
website here. Okay, first of all, oh, Harbaugh, this is Harbaugh talking about the running backs. It's a really good offensive line, and it's been, I mean, this guy has 401 yards in the last two games. You want to talk about Aww. big games, this guy comes alive in big games. And Blake Corum has been a warrior, too, in the same way. But, I mean, those two are supreme backs, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, which I agree they are very supreme. Um, mm-hmm. Donovan Edwards finished the game with 185 yards. And, honestly, out of all the players who will be around next year, I think Donovan Edwards is the one that you should bet on for the Heisman out of the Michigan players. Aww. Right? Aww. I mean, maybe JJ, but since it's officially a quarterback award. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we sure will. Also, Donovan Edwards's Edwards's Donovan Edwards explosiveness is really mm-hmm. really fun to watch. Like he has mm-hmm. obviously a different style than Blake Corum. Not as much of the like getting extra yards out of every single play, but sometimes he just like zaps out there, and you're like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> Such like an app description. He'll either like run like you know maybe like four. Or, like, 85. There's, like, no real in-between, but every single time is very, like, flashy. That's also just, like, the types of, like, defensive schemes that have been going on mm-hmm. against Michigan lately. But I do you remember that one play where Donovan was just, like, running and running and running and, like, everyone was, like, leaping trying to tackle him and he's like, not today! And he's, like, zooming through all of them. Oh, yes. I think that was his... What was that? Was it? Oh, I know exactly which one you were talking about. And I, like, counted how many times, like, he broke, like, a tackle. Yeah, it was, like, five. Yeah, five or six people. It was insane. I was like, no one can bring this man down. Yeah. It was And, like, he only has one hand. I mean, he has two hands, but one of them's in a cast. Oh, that was the thing. He's, like, he couldn't... He was, like, stopped, like, just short because, like, he couldn't, like, stiff-arm somebody. Oh, yeah. You were, like, did he get tired? Mm, I think so. I think that was, like, that 60-yard run that he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he had to step then, out of bounds. But then I think that was like a separate thing from the multiple like missed tackles. He was so impressive, and that's obviously like why he won like MVP of the game. Uh, and vibe the vibes. And vibe the vibes. The two most important words that you could ever win. <laughs> so vibe the vibes is more prestigious than the Heisman Trophy. Obviously, <laughs> because it's built on facts and not just oh. Not just vibes. Not literally just, oh, they throw footballs pretty well, I guess. Um, there's, there's more things that go into making a team good than just the person that's throwing the ball. I'm sure we'll get into a, it That's later. such a Big Ten thing for you to say. Thank you. I mean, we were just discussing how, why can an offensive lineman win the Heisman? <laughs> Yesterday, I would like, give the Heisman to every single one of them. I would give the Heisman to if I have a Heisman Olu. ballot, Olu would be teaming as number one on my list. You know, nothing to um, respect because it's again built on actual facts and like watching a football game. Yeah, we used to be so like offensive line minded. I remember watching football games in college and like. Just watching the offensive line. Like, I paid no mind to what the quarterback was doing. I was staring at those linemen. Yeah, because we have, like, only a rushing offense. I'm like, I don't particularly care what the quarterback does because they don't really do much. 
Yeah, that's true. Like our quarterbacks weren't. So we as need much. to watch the watch offensive line to know where, what we're going to do. <laughs> that's so true. Because if you want to watch our offensive line, or you can watch like Wilton Spade. Are you going to look me in the eye and say that you know, like an Alabama offense is going to watch their offensive line? No, they're going to watch no. Harper throw a football. Because we're good corn-fed Midwestern girls. Yeah. We're we're watching Caleb. You think people are going to watch the offensive line over Caleb Williams? No. Okay, speaking, like, I actually have a very good segue here. Um, Because the things that make us good corn-fed Midwestern girls, one... Oh, Oh, I do like this segue here. Thank you in advance. <laughs> um, one is cheering for the offensive line. Two yeah, is potato metaphors because nothing mm. makes someone a Midwestern dad like a good potato metaphor. <laughs> um, and no one loves his potato metaphors more than Jim Harbaugh. So our favorite Jim Harbaugh potato metaphor, I'm sure you guys know at this point, is the year he said you can't plant potatoes one day and hope to eat potato salad the next, which, like, such a good proverb. And then this year, he was asked about something or other, and he was like, stop listening to the people with their haterade and hater tots. (laughs) Wait, do you think that's a secret message to cater tot? Oh, I hope not. He wouldn't. Do you remember when we learned that he goes by Cater Tot? Yeah, that's probably why he used to, like, vibe away to the land of corn. Yeah. Going back to that proverb of, like, you can't, like, plant potatoes and expect to eat potato salad the next day, we're kind of, like, eating potato salad. Like, we finally, like, the proverb has, like, come to fruition. I wonder the potatoes if I could make... have been vegan potato salad with my vegan mayo from Trader Joe's. I think you could. What else is in potato salad? Um. I, I feel like coleslaw. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is it like how egg salad is like eggs, like hard boiled eggs and mustard and mayo and salt and pepper? Is it like that but with oh, potatoes? I think there's definitely mustard in potato salad. Okay. I might look into this. Yeah, that actually sounds really good. Let's see. Yeah. Hmm. They're just like chunks. Okay. Is that what the <laughs> recipe says? Chunks? <laughs> Onion, celery, oh. Oh, um, I don't have all of that produce. Herbs, potatoes. Over a I guess it just like depends. Okay. Should be like my grandma's best potato salad. <laughs> Ooh, they have different kinds, like a creamy dill potato salad or creamy no dough. Oh, dill. Dill. Oh, that dill. sounds good. Creamy dill potato salad. Okay. There's or like no mayo potato salad. Well, I have my vegan mayo, so I'll opt out oh, of that. It looks one. like there's eggs in it. I could picture an egg in a potato salad. Oh, I could really go for a potato salad now. Agreed. It's so good. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing to like eat during the summertime. Along yeah, with like dog. when you're at like one of those like lake get-togethers yeah, like lake and you house, go over yeah. to the table yes. and you like keep scooping more potato salad onto your yes. plate. 
<laughs> and like barbecue chips. Yes. Oh my goodness. Everyone has the same experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Midwestern vibes. <laughs> anyway, I hope, um, where, where did that, oh yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. We're eating coach. potato salad. We are eating. We're not eating our hater tots. So we're eating potato salad. We're, we're like, occasionally munching on a hater tot. Like, we're we not, really like, completely are. free of them. Based off of that audio that we have in here. <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't, like, completely <laughs> detoxed the hater tots. I think they'll always be there, but, like, right now it's more of potato salad for sure. Mm. Um, do you want to do the next one? Because yeah. I, like, don't know what this means. Or maybe oh. I do know what it means. No, it's okay. I just interpreted it. Yeah, I was like, wait... The position flopping award goes to Kalel Mullings because obviously we were like running low on running backs. So we like pulled him out of the linebacker room and said, hey, we're going to plug you in here at running back. And this young man has moved all over the place from linebacker. Well, not really. He was I think he was a running back in, in spring training and then he got moved back to linebacker. And then when Blake Corum said, oh, my knee, Jim Harbaugh said, young man, get over here. And then he went on that running back, and he scored two touchdowns. Oh, yeah, that was so cute and precious. Yeah, so Kalal Mullings... He's, like, scored two of them and then, like, thrown a ball. <laughs> yeah, he... I, I think he's having, he, like, a shining star moment. Yeah, honestly, I hope that he wakes up every morning and thinks, I finally achieved my dreams, because that's how I would feel if I were him. I mean, I not to, like, knock the defense. I'm sure defensive players, like, their dream is to be on defense, but... Me, personally, if I was a linebacker, I'd be like, put me in at running back. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad take? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I <laughs> um, Should I do the first tender moment and you do the second? Or do we want to, like... Yeah. Or I can do, like, the other one and you'll do, like, the original one. Okay. If you want me to go first. Okay. So okay. the winner of the other Tender Moment Award um, goes to Donovan Edwards. Uh, so he received, obviously, his own little trophy for being the MVP of the game. And he got up there and instead of just, you know, talking at length about whatever, he focused his entire little acceptance speech on sharing his love of Blake Corum. And it was so precious. It probably brought tears to all of your eyes. And... You know, honestly, just, like, seeing, like, Donovan being so grateful to having, like, probably a, a nice BFF or mentor in Blake Horum and then missing him dearly, just, it felt like how we all felt. We just felt seen by Donovan Edwards' words. And you, I think also it just showed how beautiful and lovely, like, our culture and, like, team locker room and the team bond is. And it was very tender. You hear that everyone on Twitter who says Michigan has a bad culture because two players are transferring. They have a good oh, culture. <laughs> I was like, did you not forget Donovan Edwards? It was so precious. Go go rewatch it if you're feeling salty about how our team culture is. Um, the original Tender Moment Award, or like the Tender Woman Award, goes no. to Sharon Moore. Okay, so JJ threw an interception. <laughs> This game, it it wasn't great. Dumb, yeah, it was a dumb. It was a yeah decision on his part. I'm pretty sure I said, "Oh, 
he looked, he said, he oh. very childlike of him. Yeah, which, like, it was kind of bound to happen because, like, obviously the past game has been opened up and he's kind of chucking it, so it's gonna, he's gonna make a stupid choice. So Also, this, this kid, he, he's <laughs> gotten so lucky sometimes. Like, there have been a number of times where I watched that football, like, go into the hands of a defender and then all of a sudden it's not there. So uh, an interception was not, like, wild. <laughs> like, that was bound mm-hmm. to happen. Anyway, I think he has four interceptions on the season now, so not not the worst thing in the world. But um, so he like walks off the field and he's like sad, but he's probably still smiling because he's JJ McCarthy. And then Sharon mm-hmm. Moore is giving him a little pep talk, like it's okay or whatever. You can't hear what he's saying. But then Harley and I are watching well, along with the rest of America, and yeah. I swear Sharon Moore gives JJ a little like he gives him a little like pat on the back. He has his arm around him, then he gives him a little kiss on top of the helmet. And Harley and I were both so on the cute. phone. We're like, did you just see that? And no one <laughs> in the world acknowledged it. But anyway, it's very sweet. He like, got a little, got a little helmet so kiss tender. to make him feel better. Yeah. It's like a parent when you like don't feel like good and they give you like a little kiss on the forehead to be like, don't worry. Yeah. And, like, Aw. <laughs> and then after the game, like, honestly, I, I can't remember what we were saying, but there was like some point where like, uh, like Aiden O'Connell didn't give JJ a helmet kiss after the game. That's unsportsmanlike. Mm. Five year no penalty. Really. Like Everyone needs to give JJ like... a little helmet kiss every time he makes a mistake. <laughs> Can you He's imagine, so like, <laughs> like instead of like a handshake after the game, all the players give each other a little helmet kiss? <laughs> How would they do that? <laughs> to be like, hold on, let me take off my helmet, give you a kiss on your helmet, and then put my helmet back on so you can give me a kiss. <laughs> How would that work? You just have to do, like, the little head bloops. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> so, you know, in, in all honesty, we need, like, Jim Harbaugh to get up there and start just handing out helmet kisses. For the masses. <laughs> or Sharon Moore, because he's, like, the original oh, supplier. Yeah. I pref- <gasps> yes. I feel like I would prefer it. Yeah. I wonder so. if that made him feel better. It made me feel better after seeing that. <laughs> I think that was for America. Not just for JJ. <laughs> he kissed America's helmet. <laughs> Um, because you know you- we also felt sad after the interception, and then, you know you know what made us feel better? <laughs> a little helmet kiss, <laughs> tender moment. <laughs> Do you want to give out the last superlative, and then I'll give out the second to last superlative? Oh yeah, as in like the letter I. Yeah, and I'll give out G because H just says <laughs> okay. superlatives. So if you're if you have or you're going to watch our Instagram story at the time of this recording, which is, you know, Wednesday, um, you probably saw, like, just, like, a hodgepodge of, like, posts that are just kind it of, like, a vision board. Oh, sorry. I thought it was a mood board. Vision board. Um, and how did I come across this? Um, I think it started with a levitating J.J. McCarthy, and then it moved on to a levitating... Ronnie Bell, which then moved on into a sort of levitating Mike Sanerstro, 
But then I was like just scrolling through and there's just like like image I'm sorry, this is so lengthy of a story. I promise it's funny. <laughs> so just like the, you're, the background you're giving. Yeah. There's a photo of him and the caption I believe is like thank you, like A2 Celine Road like Shell for keeping like my guessing on F and not E. And you're just like, why is there like this random photo of like Mike Sanders Shell like getting his like gas at the like local shell but this is like the shell on that corner of Ann Arbor Celine and I don't remember what the other road is um but it's the one with like the Applebee's you know what I'm talking about it's like right off the yeah, highway it's by, like the REI um, yeah but yeah and the Whole Foods yeah okay now that we're all with me here and we're <laughs> like we can picture this because if you're like me the last time you saw that like shell it was pretty much like under like construction i think they were doing like a remodel anyway we should be getting paid for this literally this is free advertisement on behalf of this shell in an arbor and i click on their profile and lo and behold there's like this little like pop-up like quorum in the background and (laughs) so random on their page and they scroll down a little bit further and there's a charles woodson just like in there with like his what does he have whiskey yeah apparently there's like a woodson whiskey (laughs) So, um, why is this the best gas station awkward? Question mark. It goes out to the Ann Arbor Celine <laughs> shell because it has just so many ties apparently to our Wolverines here. <laughs> and, apparently the place to be. You know, honestly, I don't think any other podcast would be able to like deliver this type of information to you. There's no way anybody else would have been able to come up, like find like this random string of like ties to a random gas station in Ann Arbor, Michigan, then views from Stadium Boulevard. So Do if you you're remember? ever in town, and if you want to see a celebrity sighting, go to that <laughs> Ann Arbor <laughs> show. Do you remember when there was that like new like bowling alley that the football team was always at? And we're like, why they are they all, so? They still go. I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, I, I was like gonna a say major place for like recruits and stuff. I think the football, gas station has replaced it. Like, they all yeah. go to that gas station now. That's so funny. Yeah, go to Rebel and Roll and then go to this Ann Arbor Celine shell. Yes. But not in Celine, just on Ann Arbor Celine Road. Yeah, Ann Arbor Celine Road. Right off the highway. I'm sure you see it literally every single time you drive in for a game day and you're coming off of 94. No, not if you're coming from Dexter. Really? Yeah, because I just take your own river drive. Okay. <laughs> um, Heads wise, you're coming off at 94. <laughs> um, okay. The last superlative is the Planned Ahead Award. This goes to the Michigan football team. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember earlier, like, before the season started, they announced the captains, and there were five of them. And we're like, that's mm. kind of a lot of captains to have. Um, it was... Mozzie Smith, Cade McNamara, Eric All, Ronnie Bell, and Mike St. Ristel. And we were like, you sure you need that many? But little did we know what they knew, which is that, like, you are going to need to have a lot because your supply is going to start dwindling. And soon you are going to be down to two. I mean, like, kind of three. But, like, as we know, Eric All and Cade McNamara both transferred, presumably both to Iowa. And then Mozzie Smith is dealing with some shenanigans. Um... Mm-hmm. And the only captains we have left is Ronnie Bell and Mike San Ristel. So, and just the only like... The one that we know is coming back is Mikey himself. 
Yeah. He's going to, like, vibe elsewhere. I mean, Ronnie has been around for my entire life, so he's free to do as he pleases. It's probably, like, another one of those scenarios where I'm like, I think we're the same age. Cade has, like, (laughs) three years left of eligibility because of his, like, medical register and his COVID year. And it's like, sir, you are becoming a Stetson Bennett. How old are you? He's going to transfer to Iowa, and then after JJ leaves for the NFL, transfer back to Michigan. That's so funny. <laughs> um, but can you imagine? Be like, what a storyline. He wins the Heisman. Um, I mean, one year in Iowa's offense, and you're going to be like, please take me back. <laughs> yeah. For real. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they plan ahead. They have enough captains to go around. Um well, now they only have, like, two captains left. Okay, moving on to storylines that we heard a lot of this week. Um, mm. Harley, do you want to give the first one? Let's... Oh. Well, I'm sure this, like... This was the first one, obviously, that started because, obviously, we were watching the Big Ten Championship game, as we all should have. And, you know, during halftime, lo and behold, they're like, oh, we're going to bring on Nick Saban. For whatever reason whatsoever. So he pretty much, like, tried to plead his case as to why Alabama is one of the best teams in the country and deserving of one of the top four spots, even though they have two losses. But, you know, if you probably talk to him or any Alabama fan, you'd be like, oh, you know, we lost by a combined, like, four points, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, you're still a two-loss team, and um, it was all for naught as it didn't work. But, you know, it's still really annoying that Alabama assumes that they could get in with two losses. Just probably, honestly, just because they're Alabama. And it's really nice to, like, be rid of them for once. I would say not so much annoying as just, like, embarrassing. Like, that's so pathetic. That he was on there begging to be let into the college football playoffs. Like, first of all, Nick, you're talking to, like, Urban Meyer. He's not on the selection committee it it was all just, like, so pathetic, and he's like, we shouldn't be paying attention to the numbers of wins and losses, we should be paying attention to how good the teams are, which, like, Mr. Sabin, sir, that's what wins and losses are for, it's like a shorthand for determining which team is better, mm. that's how yeah. sports work. But literally, though, so, you know, the college football playoff committee got it right, you know, putting Georgia 1, us 2, TCU 3, Ohio State begrudgingly at 4, but on the flip side, back to the other thing that has four people revealed was the Heisman people, which is obviously <laughs> a thing that we've been talking about and we've already alluded to before because apparently it's the quarterback award this year. And, and every year. And, uh, yeah, honestly, every year because just based off of the winners. But, you know, we obviously had, like, some of the names that we've been seeing, like, pretty much all year, like Caleb. Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, obviously uh, what Max Duggan's been doing at TCU has like been like super noteworthy. Um, they were undefeated until this past weekend. Um, but then, you know, like a lot of us were thinking like, okay, who are, who are like the true like front runners for the Heisman? And, you know, I guess like even though Caleb Williams lost in the Pac-12 championship, C.J. Stroud got kind of embarrassed um, against Michigan at home, and they didn't even get to go to the Big Ten championship. Those two, like, still had, like, the numbers to back it up. And, you know, Max Duck and also lost in, oh, what are they, the Big 12? Yeah, Big 12. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... But, 
anywho, obviously the one that is the cause of the most controversy is Stetson Bennett because he, he's not even the best quarterback of like all the other quarterbacks that are like readily available. And I'm pretty sure like everybody else, we can agree that um, Hendon Hooker and honestly, if you're a Michigan fan, obviously Blake Horam should have been at least thought of because both of those two players have way more impressive stats than Stetson Bennett does. And I'm pretty sure Stetson Bennett woke up that day and was, like, kind of shocked on his own behalf. I'm like, oh, I should not be there. But I think so. (laughs) Stetson Bennett is, like, not what makes Georgia Georgia. Stetson Bennett, like, fits into Georgia and, like, doesn't Mm. hurt them. But, like, he's just, like, some guy. And, like... No, but for real, though. (laughs) It's, like, honestly, like, the Heisman voters were like, oh, yeah, Georgia, they're really good, right? Who's their quarterback? His name is Stetson, huh? Okay, put him down. Because, like, even if you're going to make it the quarterback award... that's how the conversation went. Yeah. Like, Hedden Hooker is... I mean, obviously he got injured. And I do think, like... But his numbers are still better with fewer games. Yeah, they are. But he wasn't able to have, like, a Heisman moment. I mean, same with Blake Corum. Like, same deal. He got injured. I don't think Stenson Bennett ever had a Heisman moment this season. No, you're right. You're right. Like, (laughs) this award... I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but someone described it as, like, this year it's just the last man standing... Like, whereas many years there's, uh, like, an obvious, like, guy the whole season or maybe mm. he emerges later in the season and it's like, oh, that's the Heisman front runner, and then maybe there are a couple competitors. But this year it was just kind of, like, at the beginning of the year there are a lot of good players and, then like, one mm-hmm. by one they kind of get eliminated by getting injured or having, you know, some major losses on their resume, which, like, to be honest – that shouldn't affect your highs. Like, I see an injury if you don't have enough of a resume to show what you can do. But, like, your team losing shouldn't affect your Heisman eligibility because you, like, it should be about that player individually. But we know mm-hmm. at this point the Heisman Trophy is just the award for the MVP of the best team. Like, that really is what it is. And the voters think an MVP is the guy who throws the football. So it is what it is. But Stetson Bennett... I'm sorry, you seem, like, relatively nice, but what? In the words of Harley Johnson, refuse to lose to a guy named Stetson. Yeah. (laughs) And I still do. Justice for Blake Corum. And speaking of, like, snubs this week, we thought Jesse Mintner... Mintner? We thought Jesse Minter (laughs) was for sure going to win the Broyles Award, which goes to the top assistant coach in college football. Just looking at what he had done with Michigan's defense, especially given that they had lost Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo this past year. Uh, but and Mike McDonald. And, yeah, and their defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. So he came in, <laughs> he's a first-year defensive coordinator, and look at Michigan's defense. However, Garrett Riley from TCU, their offensive coordinator, won the Royals Award, which isn't, like, a bad thing, obviously. Look at what TCU has done this year. Um, yeah, also, literally. Garrett Riley, nepotism baby, because he's Lincoln's brother. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but like it's like that one isn't as like outrageous as Stetson Bennett for Heisman. Yeah. But it is kind of annoying because it's like I feel like Michigan keeps losing out on these awards where it's like they should be winning them. You know, I let's just like keep calm. And if we don't win the Joe Moore Award, then we riot. Okay, sure. I'll see you okay. in Whenever that is. Whenever, you know. whenever that is. <laughs> yeah, we'll reconvene then. It's um, like, we have the best offensive line in the country. Yeah. Again. And our offensive line should win the Heisman. 
literally Michigan's offensive line for Heisman. Yeah. You're going to ignore Stetson Bennett completely and put all of our linemen in there <laughs> to replace him. Yeah, I agree. And um, announce them the winner. So we have a few weeks until Michigan plays TCU in uh, the first game of the college football playoffs in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so between now and then, we have a few ideas of episodes we might do. Let us know if you have anything in particular you want to see from us. We're obviously going to try to preview um, the playoffs. Um, We are going to maybe do an introduction to Michigan basketball, like fill you in on what's happened so far this season, because unfortunately football is coming to an end and we will be basketball minded. Um, We're also thinking about bringing my dad back on, popular guest. Any, Any other ideas, though, let us know. We have an open heart and an open mind and an open soul. And a tender moment to share with you all. Yeah. So take this little <laughs> kiss on the helmet. Carry it with you. And, and with that, go blue. Go blue. Yeah.